0: on BYU, your daily BYU Cougars podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
2: every day.
1: Hi, everyone. My name is Jake Hatch, host of Locked On BYU, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you so much for taking the time to download the podcast and listen in today, Tuesday, August 28th. We're a couple of days away from BYU kicking things off against Arizona Saturday in their season opener. Just as a background, for those of you who may be new to the show, I cover the BYU Cougars as part of my day job for the Zone Sports Network based in Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm also the BYU Insider right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, bringing you everything you need to know about BYU athletics every day in a nice, neat, tidy little package. That way you can go home and feel like you're up to date on everything you need to know about BYU. Like I said, it's a, it's fun to be covering BYU. It's payoff time. Finally, a long off season has finally ended. It is game week. BYU facing Arizona. Saturday night, t- uh, kickoff set for 8.45 p.m. Mountain Time, 7.45 p.m. Arizona Time down there in Tucson. Game will be televised on ESPN. Adam Amin will be on the call alongside Rod Gilmore. Big-time platform for BYU. I know it's a late night in terms of game time, but it is the opening weekend of college football, so you'll have a few more eyeballs on BYU and Arizona on Saturday night, I would think. Uh, Kind of laying out what we're going to be going, going through on the podcast today for you, just so you have an idea. We're going to be recapping BYU media availability from yesterday. Kalani Sitake's weekly press conference ahead of the Arizona game. He also had three of his players alongside to talk with BYU, the assembled media at BYU. We'll get to some comments from Tanner Mangum in the second segment of the podcast. And in the final segment of the podcast, some comments out of Arizona and maybe some good news in terms of the offensive line issues for Arizona that could help BYU's defense on Saturday night. So that's all coming up on the podcast but here in the first segment we're going to be talking about some of the thoughts from Kalani Satake yesterday so we'll get right to it. He had some good conversation with the media through a 16 minute total interview. If you want to listen to it you can go to 1280thezone.com and get the full audio there. I'll link it also here in the podcast and the notes of the show notes so you can listen to it there as well. Wanted to get to some of the smaller cuts from his from his media availability and let you hear directly from the horse's mouth. His first thing he talked about was about the quarterback battle. Of course, he was asked about Tanner Mangum getting the starting job, and he said simply, he deserved it. He earned the job. And I that's exactly everything I had heard about Tanner Mangum entering this week is he had earned the job overall. Zach Wilson led this competition at one point during fall camp. But Tanner Mangum showed his resolve, his grit. He battled back. He earned the job back. So a lot of fun to see him uh, have a chance to begin a redemption story this season. Who knows if it ultimately ultimately pays off this season, but you never know. so first comment from Kalani today was talking about the quarterback battle and how it reflected on Zach Wilson more than Tanner Mangum.
3: There's a huge sense of urgency. I think the fact that he knew he had to compete for the spot. He saw his body change his body, and that's just not the only thing he changed. He prepared himself in a lot of different areas to uh, be the quarterback, and the competition was really more on how ready Zach was. And it's not that we weren't sure who was going to be the guy. We just felt like there were two guys that did extremely well, and we felt that Tanner had earned that starting spot.
1: There you go, Kalani Sitake talking about the quarterback battle. And I think that's a a credit to Zach Wilson, his ability to play. I know this coaching staff believes in the freshman. They think he can win games for BYU at a big-time level. And simply put, Tanner Mangum proved that he belonged to be on the field, and they're going to give him his shot. That's not to say that he's going to start all 12 games this year. He didn't start 12 games a year ago. Of course, he had injury concerns, but Zach Wilson will be waiting in the wings, and he'll be ready. He's the type of kid that I've really enjoyed watching, and he he's prepared. He is going to be ready to play if called upon. A couple other comments from BYU head coach Kalani Sitake here. I uh, was sticking with the quarterback battle here. He was asked towards the end of his media availability yesterday if the competition um, – If the competition that went into the quarterback battle he he extended this out to all spots on the team he was asked if why competition is so necessary to determine starters and here's his comment on that
3: Competition wise, I think everyone knows the fact that there's going to be more than just the starters that have to play and that that's just the game of football. There's a starter and then there's a bunch of people that compliment it and sometimes, you know, guys get more reps than others. But in order for us to compete and get the guys that need to be starters, you have to have that competition and have to have them earn it. And I, I'm glad for what we accomplished this year.
1: There you go, Kalani Sitake. Kind of going back to my point previously, Zach Wilson and even other players at other positions are going to be needed to supplement BYU starters. You don't just line up 11 guys on offense and defense and play the entire game. You're most of the time playing upwards of 20 guys on each side. You're rotating guys in and out. So every guy who's on the two or three deep according to the depth depth chart that BYU put out, is going to be guys is expected to be able to contribute if called upon. And they're going to expect the coaches at BYU you're going to expect these guys, if they're on this depth chart, you've got to bring your A game. Saturday will be interesting to see which guys rise to the occasion and we'll weed out who are the practice all-stars, to use that term, and see which guys wilt under pressure and other guys that maybe step up that didn't necessarily do so in fall camp to be, make it higher on the depth chart. Final comment from Kalani Satake here talking about the quarterbacks. He says he does not want any guys on his team, especially at the quarterback position, to be looking over their shoulder.
3: I don't want guys having to look over their shoulders all the time. I don't think you can play loose. I mean, if you're under those circumstances, you know, so we trust our guys to compete and we hope they perform when the time comes. But we can make adjustments if we need to. But I, I don't want our guys feeling nervous that if they make a mistake, they're out.
1: There you go, Kalani Sitake, you can tell. He wants every guy that has earned a starting spot, and I think this is particularly focused on Tanner Mangum, to just go out there and play ball. Throughout fall camp, I had people tell me that Tanner Mangum seemed to be forcing things at points, seemed to be overthinking how he was supposed to be playing, etc. And... This should help him understand that you are the starter. You go out there and you just play ball. You don't need to worry about if Zach Wilson's over on the sideline warming up, if he's raring to go. The coaches believe in Tanner Mangum for the, for the time being, and it'll be on him to produce and make sure that he doesn't relinquish the job to Zach Wilson. Will that play out for the rest of the season? Who knows, but it should be interesting to see how it all shakes out in the end. Now, Kalani Satake did take the road less traveled when it came to announcing his captains yesterday. He announced eight team captains for the season. Four on offense, four on defense. We'll name them real quick for you here. Tanner Mangum, Braden Elbakri, Micah Simon, and Austin Hoyt are your offensive captains this season. And then Butch Pauu, Zane Anderson, Sione Takitaki, and Corbin Kalfusi are the defensive captains for this team. Satake talked to the media yesterday and explained the unique situation that led to him naming eight captains which is just very unique when it comes to college football so here is his comment on that I keep
3: thinking of Coach Leach when he talked about winning the coin toss and I just keep thinking that there's got to be a role for the captains and everyone has these leadership committees or groups and we do too. We'll add eight more in our leadership group but I think for me as a captain I I needed to have specific roles and responsibilities for each one of them and it exceeded more than just four guys. I thought it was good for us to get eight and the way our players voted, those are the eight that got significantly the most number of votes. I just figured if we looked at our responsibilities and the things that i'm asking our captains to do is more than just the coin toss there's going to be a lot involved with it and more than anything i'm asking them as, as leaders to serve the team and be there rather than um you know just be a coin toss guy but it just works out having four on each side and the way that we're voting worked that we'll have four guys rotate the coin toss and then the other four will be in the locker room with our team as we get ready to take the field
1: there you have it kalani sitake on his captains It'll be interesting. Four guys on the field for the coin toss, four guys in the locker room, expanded duties for captains. He mentions Coach Mike Leach there from Washington State who said that picking captains was almost a waste of time. It was back in 2016, if I recall correctly. So they essentially go out there and just flip a coin. Kalani Satake wants his team captains to do more than that. So there you go. That's some of the comments from Kalani Satake. We'll get to more of these throughout the week. There's a lot to go through. He had some thoughts on Arizona. He also had some thoughts on how, how he expects his team to play, how he expects the offense to perform in their first game under Jeff Grimes' direction. We'll get to more of those comments coming up this week as we get ready for this game on Saturday. Just real quick before we take a break, I want to remind you if your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, or your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked On BYU is listened to, to by 98% of men, and 80% of those men are between the ages of 18 to 44. If you want men in that age range, this is your spot to advertise. Plus, our rates are very reasonable. Email me at lockedonbyu@gmail.com at gmail.com to find out more. We'll be back on the other side. I mentioned Tanner Mangum coming up. Should be fun to hear from him. He had some great comments yesterday after he was named the starter. We'll get to those next right here on Locked On BYU. Guys, working in the sports media industry, I have a lot of people ask me for advice, especially when it comes to sports betting. Usually it's what team to bet on e- each week, but the truth is, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they're your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, they have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash today and you also could win big. They have live in-game betting and the most rewarding player perks in the business and for fantasy people out there fantasy fans you can even bet the over or under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game there's a lot to do and a lot of fun to be had with my bookie that's why i'm urging you to make your way to my bookie if you win they pay Here's what I want you guys to do. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. My bookie is currently matching listeners' first deposits 100% up to $1,000. Use promo code ONCOLLEGE to activate this offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code ONCOLLEGE when creating your account to claim this bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. That's MyBookie. Locked On NFL has become Locked On NFL of experts. Matt Williamson hosts the Locked On NFL podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network and has a brand new lineup this fall. Every Monday will be Locked On's local experts on the biggest stories in the NFL. Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus is set to join the podcast every Wednesday. And then ESPN's top reporter Mike Sando joins the show on Thursday. Be sure to follow Locked On NFL on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store to get this amazing content. Welcome back to Locked On BYU. I'm Jay Catch, your host right here on the podcast. BYU news for you each and every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the slogan is your team every day. First segment, just barely in the books, talking with Kalani Satake yesterday at BYU of media availability Tanner Mangum also spoke yesterday his first comments since being named the starter for BYU said he was honored and privileged and he, he was very complimentary of Zach Wilson and I, I, these two guys really do like each other you can tell there's some camaraderie there Tanner Mangum kind of being that the experienced hand at the quarterback position and the neophyte when it comes to Zach Wilson being the new guy on campus. It's been really cool to see the two of them interact. They've both been very complimentary of one another, and Tanner Mangum was especially complimentary of Zach yesterday. I'll get to some comments here from Tanner Mangum now. Uh, He battled for this job. We've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast since we started it last week. And like I said, thank you for downloading us. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome on in. But Mangum battled for this job. He had to be sure that he was always on top of his game to earn this job back. Because like I've reported multiple times, there was a time when he was not the guy. Zach Wilson was the guy. The coaching staff wanted to make sure Mangum had no sense of, well, I'm the senior, I'm getting the job back. He was asked yesterday, How he avoided any sense of entitlement in this battle to earn the starting job back. And I thought his answer here was very insightful on how he went about things. So here you go. Here's Tanner Mangum yesterday on battling any sense of entitlement with this quarterback battle on going through fall
2: camp. I never felt that way I think just because you have to earn it every day especially after last season where I, I didn't play well. I didn't play my best and I think it would be foolish of me to think that I deserve it because I, I definitely didn't play well enough to show that I was deserving of it. I knew I had to come back and show what I was capable of. I knew I had to improve my play and get better and that's, that's how I have to approach it every day. We've got a lot of good talent, a lot of good players here. You know, Zach's an incredible player, really good quarterback and if I were to think that I deserved it just because I was older or had more experience that'd be a mistake on my part so you know football is a, a meritocracy you got to earn it it's not always fair but you, you just have to come in and do your best every day in practice and, and show the coaches show the, your team that you're earning it that's just kind of the attitude I took all year long is just, just stay low come in every day work get better you know by doing that I can I can earn it and, and show that that I'm capable of playing better and, and starting and, and leading this team
1: there you go, Tanner Mangum on entitlement and his ability to avoid any sense of that. I have been very impressed with Mangum throughout this fall camp. He's been very good with the media, very insightful comments, and he's just he's addressed topics that affect him directly head-on. He's not ducking any questions, and that's something as a media member, I've covered BYU for a long time, I can name multiple other players that would duck such questions and would just yeah, simply blow it off. Um I really like what this young man has gotten some perspective when it comes to this to this job his playing career I think he's really learned a lot during his time as a Cougar and boy has it been an up and down career to go from the highs of the high when he was a freshman with those two Hail Marys against Nebraska and Boise State to the low of the lows last year, rupturing his Achilles tendon, having to battle back, get back into shape. This redemption story, if it plays out how people want it to, will be fun to sit back and observe as a BYU supporter. I'm excited to cover it as a media member. I love great stories when it comes to players like Tanner Mangum. So I'll be rooting for him to have that season that he's probably dreaming of and hopes that he can accomplish. He's got to go out and deliver. He's got 12 games here before his career. He's got 12 guaranteed games before his career is over. 13 if BYU gets to a bowl game, and he's gonna to have to go out and earn every inch of it. He was also asked yesterday. There's been a lot of talk about what the identity of BYU's offense is during this fall camp. Mangan was asked yesterday about what he believes the identity is, and he kind of mentioned it was a three faceted. Comment from him that he mentioned there's three things that this offense under Jeff Grimes is going to be working to be known for. So here you go. Here's Tanner Mangum on the BYU offense.
2: Coach Grimes really preaches execution. We want to be the best executing team in the country, and we've got a lot of different moving parts to our offense that we that we have to execute with extreme attention to detail and I think it's showing you know we've got to prove that this season but we want to be a team that that executes that plays smart that plays tough that takes care of the ball and then we've we've been seeing that this fall camp but fall camp doesn't mean anything you know once you get into the season it's put it on the field and put it on film but coaches have been really preaching that and we've taken it to heart and so that's that's how we want to be want to be a tough smart executing team
1: there you go Tanner Mangum execution smarts toughness, and to a lesser degree, well not a lesser degree, it should be very important, also taking care of the ball. But the three things there, execution, toughness, and smarts. You can do a lot as an offense if you're able to play chess when other teams are playing checkers. We'll see just how far ahead BYU really is when they face off against Arizona. I'm interested to see what this offense ultimately looks like. We've seen bits and pieces of it during the media observation periods of camp. And like I've reported here on the podcast before, we have seen multiple, multiple looks on offense. Five wides, four wides, single back sets, eye formations, shotgun formations, all kinds of motions, pre-snap uh, pre, uh, motions with multiple players. Let's put it this way. Jeff Grimes is pretty much going in every which way he possibly thinks he can get an advantage and he's going to use it if he thinks it'll help his team. And that should excite BYU fans. There is an identity to this offense and I get that the multiple may may make you think there's not an identity but you heard it from Tanner Mangum right there. Execution, toughness, and smarts. And of course, take care of the football. Big thing there. Alright, final comment from Tanner Mangum here was a question I asked him. Of course, this time last year, BYU had already played a game, actually. Portland State, I believe, was August 26th last year. So two days ago, a year ago, BYU played the first game, beating Portland State 20-14. to I asked him, he was, a start, he, was, he was the starter, undisputed starter, entering the season last year. And I asked him yesterday, what's the difference between last year at this time and this year at this time? And here was his response.
2: There's the same excitement, the same anxiety of, of just the excitement of, of starting a new season. This whole year with, with my recovery process and the, the injury and everything, it's it's humbled me a little bit. Matured, I think I've matured, playing a little bit with more of a chip on my shoulder. More than anything, just proving to myself this year has taught me that I can overcome hard things and I can I can push through doubt, I can push through fear. And I think more also this year I feel way more thankful just to be in this position. You know, I'm not I'm not taking it for granted because I know how quickly it can be taken away. I'm just. Really appreciative of this chance to be on this team, to be with these guys, to have one more shot at it. Uh, it's something that I'm really thankful for, and I think that's something that I, that I want to enjoy and make the most of this year.
1: In my personal opinion, and of course I'm biased because I asked the question, I thought that might have been the most insightful answer I have ever heard from Tanner Mangum during his long career at BYU. The kid knows that nothing is guaranteed to him. He's had to battle, scratch, claw, fight his way back up to the depth chart. He had to get back into shape. It's cool to see what he is doing now on the field, and hopefully he has success this season. And, of course, the first opportunity is Saturday night against Arizona. There you go. That's some of the thoughts from Tanner Mangum. We'll get to more of those later in the week, similar to what we've done with Kalani Sitake. It's been a it's been a fun experience. Uh, Fall camp and now that game week is here, it's a payoff and it is a ton of fun to be covering and I'm really excited to see what plays out on Saturday night. All right, we'll take a timeout here. We'll come back, get some thoughts from Arizona Camp. They had their media availability for the first time on game week yesterday. Get you some thoughts from Kevin Sumlin and more on the BYU defensive line versus the Arizona offensive line. Some interesting notes to, to, to keep track of if you're a BYU fan. That's coming up next right here on Locked on BYU. Do you guys feel it? Do you guys feel what's going on in the air? It's fall time, and that means football is on its way, and that means it's also fantasy football season, and FanDuel has never been more fun or easier to play. If you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly the best place for you to play. FanDuel is something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before. Don't believe them? How's this sound? This season, FanDuel is running a free $250,000 Survivor Contest. This is the biggest free Survivor Contest ever. Here's how it works. You pick one team. Each week to win and you can't reuse that team again for the rest of the season. This contest locks before week one, so don't miss out on your chance and sign up now. FanDuel is something I've used for a long time. I've always loved their daily fantasy leagues. Gives me a chance to pick players, pick teams, and have a chance to win money. Well, this is another chance to win. $250,000 should be a fantastic season playing along with FanDuel. I'm really excited to be part of FanDuel this season playing, like I said, those daily fantasy leagues. I'm really excited to try out this new Survivor Contest. It's a fun way to compete with your friends, family, and even just complete strangers. To get in on the free tool $250,000 survivor contest, just go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. New users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel. Come play with me and everyone else at fanduel.com slash locked on. Once again, that's fanduel.com slash locked on. The NFL season is almost here and it is crunch time for fantasy football and the Locked On Podcast Network is delivering. Locked On has a brand new fantasy football show called Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7. Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7 will give you the latest trends, hot roster moves, and where to get the advantage. Plus, Ethan Turner, the injury expert, gives you the edge when you're working the waiver wire. Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7 is here to get you... Locked on Fantasy Football 24 7 is here to help you win your league. Check those guys out. Welcome back to Locked on BYU. I'm Jay Catch, your host, right here on the podcast. Final segment of the show for today, August 28th. Thank you so much for taking the time to download the podcast. Please share it with your friends and family and anyone that you might know that has interest in BYU sports. The goal here is to make sure that you guys are up to date on everything you need to know about BYU athletics in a short, concise podcast form that you can, ke- you can finish in. In a commute or while you're doing a workout. So like I said, thanks for downloading us today. In the previous two segments, you've heard from Kalani Satake and also Tanner Mangum. Wanted to get some, to some notes from Arizona yesterday. And I didn't realize this, and I probably should have previously, but there could be some good news on the horizon for the BYU defense, defensive line and the defense as a whole. Entering Saturday, Arizona, the Wildcats, they lost three starters from last season's offensive line. It produced the number three rushing attack in the country. Of course, Khalil Tate will do that when he rushes for 1,000 yards in, I think, four games or whatever it was. They have two guys that are expected back, left tackle Laith Freak, who is suspended for, suspended for the first two games of the season, so he will not play against BYU. And then starting center Nathan Eldridge, his status is in doubt because he has dealt with knee, recurring knee issues since spring ball. So if you count those two guys plus the three guys who graduated, that means five new offensive linemen could be facing BYU on Saturday, four at the very least pending how Eldridge comes along. The unit was described as, quote, a work in progress, unquote, by offensive coordinator Noel Mazzoni a couple weeks ago. Kevin Sumlin said that he thinks they're coming along. He told reporters down there in Tucson, quote, we better be coming together pretty quickly. We've made some strides, certainly in the last three or four days. This whole O-line situation is being solidified. So, uh, some of the experts down there, I, this is coming from Arizona Desert Swarm, which is on the SB Nation network. These guys do great work. Gabe Encinas and Brandon Combs. They're projecting that Theo Lacusa will be the left tackle Saturday night. Michael Elatice at left guard. Elatice is actually a BYU. Uh, Not a commit, a recruit back in the day before he committed to BYU out of Hawaii. Josh McCauley replacing Nathan Eldridge at center in their mind, Bryson Kane at right guard, and Cody Creason at right tackle against BYU. What this means for BYU is the defensive line should be licking their chops. This is a defensive line that has got a lot of continuity back, of course, with guys like. Kairos Tonga up front, Meti Taliauli On the other side, uh, uh, Corbin Kafusi, you've got some of the guys, other defensive ends, Uriah Lea Tawa comes to mind, that have played games and have played together, and that should bode well for BYU's defensive line. A rebuilt linebacking core with guys like Sione Takitaki, who played defensive end a year ago, and knows how to get to the quarterback. Man, this could be something that BYU takes advantage of. We'll see if they're able to t- take advantage of it. Sumlin sounds like he he's more upbeat about the offensive line situation currently. And I think this is a great thing for BYU. Kyrus Tonga has proven that he can be very, very good. 6'4", 340 pounds. He's a load on the inside. Uh, Corbin and then his brother Devin Kafusi, both tall guys. Corbin at 6'9", and Devin at 6'7". It should be interesting. I'm I'm interested to see how this all plays out. Some other comments from Kevin Sumlin from his media availability yesterday. He had a great quote giving some props to BYU. He said, BYU is a well-coached team. It will be as large a team as we'll face this year. This is going to be a large football team. He reiterated that. And I can speak to that. BYU's offensive line... All of the guys on the offensive line have been listed at 300 pounds at one point in fall camp. I know the newest depth chart mentioned that uh, James Empey has dipped below 300 at 297 pounds. So he's close enough to 300 pounds. But when you mention the defensive line, Kairos Tong at 340 pounds. Meti Taliauli tipping it at 300 pounds. Lorenzo Fawatea also a 300 pounder. And then you got guys like Corbin Kafusi at 6'9". He packs 290 pounds on him. Devin Kafusi weighs 250, I would imagine, at some point. BYU's defensive line should be able... If this is truly an issue for the Arizona offensive line, BYU's defensive line should be looking their chops and should have an opportunity on Saturday to have some success against Arizona. Of course... That doesn't mean that you're not you're gonna slow down Khalil Tate. He's about as slippery of a quarterback as I have ever seen. And I've watched football for pretty much my entire 31 years on this planet. He is really, really good. So it'll be interesting. If this defensive line can control the line of scrimmage, contain Khalil Tate. It would go a long way to help him BYU in their season opener, but it's a lot easier said than done when you have a guy who's up for the Heisman conversation and Khalil Tate on the other side. Uh, a couple other comments from Kevin Sullivan before we wrap things up here. He mentioned the fact that uh, Santino uh, Martial, the Texas A&M linebacker transfer, some he he made allegations that Texas A&M had committed recruiting improprieties under Jimbo Fisher's watch. Well, he had a very insensitive comment caught on video that came out yesterday, and he is no longer on the team with Arizona. So his transfer saga that brought up allegations against Texas A&M, over before it might even begin here as he's been kicked off the team for that insensitive comment about some of his other teammates of that are, who are African-American. So not a good situation there. He says that it, he was talking about Texas and m transfers, Robert Congel and Santino Martial. He says they're not eligible at the moment. And he adds Martial was informed this morning that he's no longer on the team that coming yesterday from Kevin Sumlin. So Interesting that a kid makes these allegations against his former team in hopes of being eligible for his new team, makes an insensitive comment, and he is immediately off the team. Got to tip your cap to Kevin Sumlin. He is not messing around with that. So there you go, some of the thoughts from Arizona, but the BYU defensive line should have some success on Saturday night, let's hope. All right, that's the podcast for today. Thank you so much for taking the time to download us. Like I said, please share it with your friends, family, and anybody you know who has interest in BYU helps us get the word out about the podcast i'm jay catch you can find us online at locked on byu or on my personal twitter feed at jacob c hatch if you'd like to be a featured sponsor on the show please email me at locked on BYU at gmail.com please find the podcast on itunes stitcher google play or wherever you get your podcast from thank you so much for tuning in we'll be back tomorrow with more from byu athletics as byu football gets ready for saturday night against arizona have a good day